Driving the ute up to Kingaroy and getting to see professional bull riding up close was a lot of fun. Tim Kelly is a world champion bull and saddle bronc rider who now runs schools in this field, sharing his knowledge of riding as well as talking about his Christian faith. After becoming world champion at the Canadian Calgary Rodeo in 1979, Tim still felt an emptiness and a feeling that there was something more. He found what he's looking for after joining in a gathering at a rodeo in Melbourne where a bikey from God Squad shared his testimony. This changed Tim dramatically. He has devoured cassette tapes of sermons on long drives and began to pray for God to overcome his fear before each ride. Surrounded by bulls, I spoke with Tim about his career, his faith, and how he now seeks to do as Jesus did and share the love of Christ in his world of bull and saddle bronc riding. I'm Carl Fays, and this is my interview with Tim Kelly. So Tim, where'd you grow up? I grew up at Tenerfield, down in New South Wales, northern New South Wales. Yep. It, when was the first time you either got on a bull or a saddle bronc? Well, I, I guess that um, I got on um, um, calves. Where I was on a dairy farm. My dad had a dairy farm down there, and um, so I got on calves and that, but probably got on my first bull when I was about 14, and, and I guess got on the first saddle bronc at about 16. Now, tell us... We all know what a bull is. What's a saddle bronc? Saddle bronc where, where you ride a, a horse, a bucking horse, and um, you know with the saddle, and um, yeah, so so it's a um, total different event, but it's yeah, it's it's more probably a traditional event. It's it's a, it's called the premier event of rodeo. It's the one that um, you know is the original event probably. When you got on those carbs, was that because you were practicing or you were just mucking about? Well, I guess I started mucking around, mucking about, and then um, you know, and then after that we just. Um, just kept going, and then I got got went to the first rodeo in town when I was five, and um, I thought, gee, this is what I want to do, you know. And I dreamt dreamt about it from that day onwards, you know. When did you know you were actually pretty good at it? Well, I I would say um, um, when when I stayed on at home, and you know, I, I could stay on, you know, two or three in a in a row, and then um, and then I went to the rodeo in Tenerfield and in the potty ride and the steer rides and stuff, and did did well, and you know, won some events and stuff. So yeah. When did it become a serious sporting endeavour for you? Well, I guess um, I, I started um, at, when I was five years old. I read I read a um, I read an article about an American cowboy Larry Mahan, and um, he was world champion five times and stuff. And and so I think from then, you know, <laughs> I think I was serious then, you know, wow. at five. And then uh, um, that was all I really wanted to do was was I'd eat, sleep, um, drink, just ride. That wow. was it. Yeah. What was the pinnacle of your career? I, in in um, 1979, I won the, the junior saddle bronc at the Calgary Stampede in Canada. And um, yeah, I'd say that that would be the, 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 the best, the best um, international event that I'd ever won. And then um, in 1980, I was runner-up in the same event. So, so that was great. How did you get to America and Canada? I, I, got, I got picked on a team um, in 1979, um, Calgary in 1980 Calgary the Calgary Stampede went to Teams Rodeo and, and Australia sent a team over and I was fortunate enough to be on that team there was 18 of us went over there and um, and I was on the team there so. other than being courageous what makes somebody good at being a bull rider or a saddle bronc rider yeah I think it's um, determination practice um, you know and just to just to want to do it you've got to really want to do it at any cost you know I mean it's dangerous enough and um, and if you're willing to take the take what it what it dishes out to you 
So you, you're okay. You know? Now you, you just said it's dangerous and most of us know it's dangerous just by watching yeah. any footage. Um, how did you overcome fear? Well, I, th I think that you overcome fear. Um, the biggest thing is to know what you what you what you're doing, and and so um, you know just try and learn, try and get information, and you know there's the main reasons that people get hurt doing it is is two reasons: one, riding with no knowledge; number two, is riding stock that's way over there you know out out of their league so um try and keep try and get as much knowledge as possible i learned from the older fellows watched them and um, picked their brains and um and learned that way and i think that that back then that overcome some fear issues because you know what you're about you know yeah. uh, it's not what was your worst moment oh i'd say um probably the the worst moment that i've had i had a, a saddle bronco end for end on me um at, at a rodeo at alpha um, back back in you know when I was when I was only about I guess I was 18 and um, yeah had a saddle bronc go end for end and um, yeah so it was it was I mean that that could have that could have been the end of me for sure. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that that means that the horse rolled forward. Yeah, yeah. Did, were you caught underneath it or? Yes, just... the first thing that hits the ground is your face, and then um, the whole horse. You're still in the saddle. The whole horse goes right over the top and bends you back over the saddle, and you know that saddle hits you across the back, and and um, and then the whole weight of the horse comes down on you. And then, I mean, it leaves you in the ground when, when he rolls off. And I mean, it's, it can break your back real quick. So if we met you at that stage, what were you like? Well, I, th I would say that I'd be, um, um, I was always try to be, you know, the, the life of the party, I suppose, you know, if, if people, you know, um, drank 10, dr 10 beers, well, I want to have 15, you know, and that sort of stuff, always, always all or nothing kind of thing. And, um, and, yeah, just live for myself and, you know, just, just had a dream and trying to live for myself. And, you know, um, I'd say I didn't really care about other people too much. I, I like people, but I didn't really, when it came down to it, you know, I was, guess I was like everybody else, just thought about myself. So, Tim, you were very successful in the radio arena. Did that give you what you were looking for? No, um, it, it didn't, and um, yeah, it, it, there was still an emptiness. There was still, there was still something missing for sure, and um, yeah, and the, the best example of that is when, when I won the, the under-21 saddle, bron under saddle bronc ride at the Calgary Stampede. Um, you know, up to that point, I'd just, just drink and fill that emptiness up, you know, and, um, it, it, and try and, try and f fill, what, fill what was missing. And, um, and on the Sunday afternoon after I'd won that world championship and, you know, a $5,000 trophy and, and bits and pieces uh, and the money that I'd won, that emptiness was still there. And I mean, they sold no, there was no one selling alcohol there. And, you know, I just, I just wanted to have a, you know, just to get on it again. And, um, but I saw some guys walking around with a teapot and, um, and with Canadian club whiskey in. And so we just got onto that and cause, um, it, it was still empty even after, even after, I mean, 19 years old, I'm, I'm, Bought up on a dairy farm in Tenerfield. I'm, you know, I'm just a farm kid that wouldn't talk in front of two people, you know. And then um, here I am, in, you know, as a world champion and, and um, at the biggest, one of the biggest rodeos, on, you know, on earth. And, um, and, and that emptiness was still there. Yeah, wow. it was still, yeah. Going back to as a, as a kid, was there any Christian faith involved in your family at all? Yes, we, we, were, we were all brought up Catholic and, um, and, and we'd go to church religiously. You know, um, it, it used to be Sunday and then it went to Saturday night. We loved that, you know, because it got it over and done with. But, um, and I would say that I, I learned all about God through that time. And, um, you know, um, and, and I think that that really, 
even though I had no personal relationship with God then, um, it, it really it really grounded me for it, I've, I'm sure, you know, for mm. later on. And um, always, I mean, I always believed, but, but never had any any personal relationship whatsoever, you know. So what changed? Because faith is really important to you now. Yeah, um, when in 1982, they had World Cup Rodeo down in uh, Melbourne and Sydney. I, I, if, I, if I go back to 1980, I spent eight months in Canada in 1980, um, nine months actually. And, and while I was there, one of the guys, um, he was a preacher on the rodeo circuit there, um, Coy Huffman, he came up and he'd, he'd talk to me and he'd say, what bully you got? And I'd say, you know, such and such, or what bronchi you got? And I'd, and, um, and I'd tell him and then he'd say, well, praise the Lord. And I'd say, whoa, just, uh, you know, I, I didn't mind him saying it, you know, but, uh, but around the other guys and that, you know, he was kind of out there, you know, like he was, he was a person that wasn't, wasn't frightened to, you know, share his faith. And so, and, and, and then, at the end of the time when I was there, I sort of got to know him a bit, and he gave me a Bible and and underlined a scripture and and in um, Timothy and it says, um, "Beloved, I pray that in all respects that you prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers." And underlined it and gave me the Bible and I thanked him and you know I didn't have a clue what it meant. I didn't have a clue what it, why you know what it was about. But I came back home. This is 1980. I came back home and then um, for the next. Um, until 1982, I studied that Bible, tried to read it, and, and I'd read, get into Matthew and read right down through there and then shut it up and then I couldn't remember even the these and the, you know, the, I couldn't remember anything. And so um, it just, it just was out of, you know, it was, I just couldn't understand it. But then in 1982, they had, it was, it was going to be the first million dollar rodeo in Melbourne and Sydney. Um, the first time a million dollars had ever been put up as prize money. And so I thought maybe I'll find it down here, find what I'm looking for down here. So I went to Melbourne and Sydney. Um, I went to Melbourne first, of course, that's where it started. And, um, and you know, I'd do what I always do, we'd just drink all night, you know, everyone else is drinking, so we'd drink all night. And then I'd get on my knees, I'd say, God, let me win, you know, let me win this thing. And, um, and so, um, um, and, and then I got on one of the good horses there, the best horse that you could probably draw, and, and each round was worth 8,000. So, it was, and back in 1982, there was a lot of money. And oh. so, um, and I went out and did the best ride I've ever done. And then, um, and when, when I got off, um, when I jumped off, um, the announcer said, you've missed your mark out, which just means your spurs weren't in the right place when he first came out of the chutes. And, uh, and so, which meant, it doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people, but it meant disqualification for me. And, um, and you know, during the time I was there, the, I, I saw these other guys from the US, because um, there's a lot of um, international riders there. And, and instead of going to the bar like we did, they'd, they'd go round to, um, round to this hall. And, you know, some of the guys had their wives and kids and there, and, um, and they were world champions. And they'd, and they'd take a guitar into this place. I thought, um, when I walked back from that, from that horse, I thought, I don't care what it costs me um, or what, what happens, I'm going to see what these guys have got that I haven't got. And I, I went to, they had a, a Cowboy Church service, Glenn Smith preached there, and a bikey from God Squad actually gave his testimony. And I thought, if, if God can help him, he can help me, from what he said, you know. And so that was the first time I heard that, you, that I was, you know, a sinner, born separated from God and that, um, that I need to become, a, you know, to invite Jesus to come into my life and be my Lord and Saviour. And, um, and, and after they finished praying and, and, that, and I accepted the Lord then, yeah. So. Wow. Did that make an instant change? It, it really did because um, um, they actually gave me another Bible and I opened the Bible up and it, it had some pictures in it. But one of the, the first picture I ever saw was a picture of snow 
and um, it says it says Isaiah sensed that that though your sins be as scarlet, I can make them as fresh as fresh. I can make you as fresh as freshly fallen snow. And I thought that's how I feel. You know, that's that's how I feel now. And, and then mm. that was the first thing I read and understood. And then and then I'd read something else and I could just pick it up and understand it a little bit. And um, and then um, when Glenn and those guys went back to the states, um, I. I wrote to him and I said, look, what do I do now? And he, he said, um, he said, I'll send you some tapes and back in the tape days. And, um, and in a few weeks time, there was 40 tapes came that he'd preached at rodeos and testimonies of cowboys and stuff. And I just devoured those tapes and, and that until, you know, I'd, I'd get in the, at the time I was traveling with some pretty wild sort of fellows and I thought, what do I do with these fellows? Cause I want to listen to this stuff. I only put two tapes on and they guys were gone. <laughs> so, so I had the rest of the, you know, I had the, I just travel on my own, but you know, I'd get in from Tannerfield and go to Bill of Wheelers eight hours and I'd listen to eight of these tapes one after another, you know, I was hungry for it. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry of Olive Tree Media. Our vision is to create a library of resources that tell the story of the game-changing message of Jesus. This interview was recorded for our latest documentary, Faith Runs Deep. Our other award-winning series, Jesus the Game Changer and Towards Belief, plus many other small group, church and school series are available on our Watch Plus platform for a small monthly partnership. As you partner with us, you not only get access to compelling video content and interactive discussion guides, but you also support the creation of more resources that help share the gospel message. To become a partner and get access to Faith Runs Deep, visit olivetreemedia.com.au. Tim, I just, if I've ever watched a rodeo, all the bulls go out and start bucking. Do they all do that? No, they don't. There's there's quite a big percentage of bulls that, that don't buck. They, oh, yeah, don't, really? And there's no way to make them buck. They either want to or they don't want to. Is this yeah. not a temperament thing? You know, not like like they're lazy. <laughs> no, it's just it's just it's just um, it's like some horses will run fast, some, some okay. don't. You know, it's yep. it's um, it's just a trait that that some have and some don't. So you have a. a, a, a herd of bulls that you use yeah so how did how did you get the ones the buck well just from just from buying them and trying them and um you know sometimes i i know a, a while ago i had to you know to get when we when we were running some rodeos some um, we bought around about 100 bulls and and got six good open wow. bulls out of them and the rest of them just just they just didn't didn't perform and um <laughs> and, and there's no way to make them so you know we just we just move them on or, or use them for, yeah, for another yeah. event. You know? So what, what are the the traits of riding a horse as opposed to riding a bull? Is it pretty much the same, just a different animal, or are they totally different? It, it's a total different event. Um, yep. it, the bulls, you know, you can you may um, luck it in and, and just hold on and ride yep. them, but you won't do that on a horse. I mean, a horse you have to have to um, um, get it timing. Um, yep. You know, it's it's not so much strength; it's timing. And if okay. you get out of time. For, okay. one, for one jump, you're, you're, it's all over. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, oh, it's all gosh. over, and big time. Wow, big wow. Time. And and big time means you you uh, hit the ground hard. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and it's not when you come off. It's not just hitting the ground. It's it's about where the bull is, isn't it? Especially the bull riding. Um, the the bulls will. Once you hit the ground, um, you've got to get away. Right. Yeah. You know, the 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 biggest injury that that bull riders have is when when a bull jumps on them. 
you know, wow. the, the, a person can't take that weight. Wow. You know, yeah. you, you think about a thousand kilo um, bull, well, two back feet have got 500 kilos yep. on each one when yep. he hits the ground and jumps forward, jumps off that, well, you know, so it's too much weight. There's your danger to get out of the road. Yes. Obviously, you became a different person. What was the response from the other riders? Um, back then, it was it, it it was very unaccepted in Australia. It you know there was a lot of um, it was like oh you're Mr. You know you guys there was there was quite a few of us um, give our lives to the Lord down there at the World Cup rodeo, but but it was very there was very anti against us, you know, and um, it was, you know, there was some fights and some, you know, there was all kinds of stuff, you know, they'd come in and break up the church services and stuff, you know, and be swearing and stuff, but, but it was just that people didn't realise what it was, you know. Did it bother you? No, not really, because because I'd found what I was looking for, and um, and you know I'd, I'd read that you, you're going to have you know you're going to have trouble when you you know when you pursue the things of the Lord. So yeah, so. So when you became a Christian, what difference did that make to the fear factor of getting on a bull or a horse? The 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 fear is still there. And the, the problems are still there. Everything's everything's still there, um, but but there's a way to handle it. There seemed like an answer for every problem, whereas I had no answers before. I think that's the biggest thing is that um, the the answers were there before. Um, just where um, the problems were there, the fear would be there, and 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 how do you handle it? But I remember um, um, I had that saddle bronc go end for end on me, and um, and. That happened before as a Christian, and and I kind of just brushed it off and didn't worry about it much. But but then when I became a Christian, and then I started to talk about it, and you know, and then you know, I had a little. But by then I was married, had little kids, and um, you know, and and then I started to start to think about that horse could have killed me, and then I I um, started to really become fearful, like to where mm -hmm. I'd sit in the. I mean, I'd be at a big rodeo, Toowoomba or, or somewhere, and I'd be sitting on my bronc and um, in the chutes, and and I'd be um, cold. Um, I'd be dreaded. Uh, this horse is going to go end for end. This horse is going to trip, and so um, so um, I'd go out, and the horse would kind of stumble a bit, and I'd just jump off. You know, I was mm. the fear was all over me. I was just I thought I've got to quit this. I've got to stop, and and then I I thought if I quit now, if I quit riding because of fear. What else will I quit because of fear? Mm. Will I quit business? Will I quit, you know, my job? Will I quit? Uh, I thought I've got to overcome fear, and I and um, in that time, I I read read a lot of the Word of God, and I f I saw scriptures like God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and sound mind, and you know um, the desire of the righteous shall be granted. And I'd I'd get on those broncs in the shoots, and I'd say, uh, um, and, and and that fear would be all over me, and I'd say, and you know, like stay out. You know, just um, mumble it out. I'd say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And um, I'll live and not die. I'll live to um, um, proclaim the mighty works of the Lord. And um, um, the desire of the righteous shall be granted. My desire is to live and not die. And then I'd nod my head, <laughs> and off I'd go. And and you know, um, yep. I'd, I'd still. It took a while. It yep. took a while. Yep. But but after a, a few months of that, you know, it didn't happen instantly. But after a few months of that, um, I, I don't think one of them horses could fall over with me. Yeah. That's how. That fear just left, yeah, and and it's interesting because it's not saying you're not praying God make me win, no, but you're no. saying God overcome the fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that God gives us ability, and and we can do whatever you know. We can do what we like with the ability. I mean, I, I've prayed that I can ride something and get thrown straight on my head, <laughs> you know. <laughs> because I mean, if you haven't put the practice in, if you haven't if you haven't done your part, 
um, you know, you can't expect a miracle out there, I'd think, yeah. you know. So how did you decide to retire? Was that a tough decision? Retiring is the hardest thing. <laughs> it, it, but, but I guess what, what the way that I um, did that, a lot of guys, when they retire, they, they just, you don't see them again. They just kind of this. This was my. This was my life. This is. This is who I am. This is my identity. Um, but but what I started doing, even while I was riding, was start to run schools, mm. and start to help others. And um and I think that that that's what made it easy because I just slowly run more schools and and rode less. And so, but but it is the most difficult thing. Yeah. What are you trying to achieve with the school? With the schools. Um, I, the the thing that we, we call it um, training champions for life, and um, and the schools are a, a perfect way to um, to bring that bring the faith um, down to um, a level where um, people can understand it. I mean, they they come to ride, and, and I just share my faith. Sometimes I share some of my testimony, and and how um, you know the the rodeo arena is a small arena compared to the whole of life, and so you know I can I can help a person become successful in this arena but um, but my goal is to help them become successful in the arena of life as well you know and, and as they start to to progress in in this small arena like the rodeo arena um, they they think what else is out there for me mm. so um, yeah so I, th I think that the biggest thing that that um, that I want to bring is um, you know let them feel let them um, um, sense the salvation and, um, and, and you know, the, the destiny that God's got for each person. Yeah. A lot of these young guys that come to your school would be just like you were at 17, 18, 19. How do they respond to you talking about faith? Well, I'd, I'd say that 99% um, of them are exactly like I was. And so that, that gives me a, uh, you know, I understand where they come from. I don't care what, they, what they've done or what they're doing or, you know, I just share with them um, and just share the Word of God. You know, the, the Bible says the Word of God is alive and active and, and, um, and, and it does the work, you know. I just, I just share with them and, and um, I mean, they, I've never had anybody um, get up and leave. I've never had anybody say anything. I've had a lot of people come and, and say, look, you know, that was great. Or, you know, um, some people don't say anything. But, but as time goes, some of these guys come back, you know, over and over to the schools. And then, you know, look, they give their lives to the Lord, some of them. And, and, um, so yeah. you, you've seen some of these men and their young women. Yeah. They actually come to faith themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so now I had a, a guy come and um, and he he was at the school and and I said I said you might be here and you know you might have thought this is this is the last thing I'm going to come to um, you know before I give more, you know before I take my own life you know and um, and and I, I just I just I don't know why I said that but then a, a guy walked up to me after and he said you know that was me he said I was going to take my own life and I saw your school advertised I thought I'm going to have a go at that first and then I heard the message and um, you know and yeah and it changed his life so wow. so and if if that happened once i'd do it for the rest of my life you know for one person yeah tim this series is called faith runs deep yeah how do you see faith running deep in australia yeah i think i think that faith does run very deep in australia i think that there's people right across this nation that that have um that have a real um deep sense of of um of faith and and of love for god and that they they um they they really want to do something with it and and um and i think that um you know the, the bible talks about iron sharpens iron and you know and stir up the gift that is within you and i think that just doing what what we're doing it's really easy you know it's just it's it's what we it's the craft that we know and 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 through it through that craft 
we just share the gospel. And I think that if if um, if we can get that message out to people that that it doesn't doesn't matter who you are, you'll reach somebody. You know, Jesus said to go into all the world. Well, that's your world, and this is this is kind of my world. And so I just go in there, and you know, and and. Yeah, just, just like Jesus, he taught them to fish, you know, and then he said, but I've got a bigger, bigger plan for you. Thank you for joining me on this podcast as I unearth stories of faith in Australia. To watch the full Faith Runs Deep series and all Olive Tree Media content, go to olivetreemedia.com.au and sign up to the Watch Plus platform and partner with us today.